0: A school like Reagan High, being the teen dream can be a little hard to swallow. It is with deep dismay that I inform you that Elizabeth Hurd... I heard she choked on a jawbreaker. <laughs> that is so cool.
1: <laughs> Are you Courtney Shane? Maybe. Now, I'm Detective Vera Cruz.
0: One detective will try to find the face that fits. The facts. You ever seen one of these before? No. No. Take a lot of licks to get one of these things down.
1: It's hard. You frighten me.
2: Uh-oh. We're in trouble. Come along and it's burst our Learn it. Yeah. live we're
1: it.
2: In Love Better it. Get
3: From Tri Star Pictures.
2: Um, you like it? It's okay. There's
1: nothing kinky about okay now, is there? Can
2: you say it?
3: Freak. comes the battle between the babes
0: she's so evil and she's only in high school it's over courtney i
1: am petrified
3: your breaker.
2: our best friend is dead do you have any idea what that means you were shooing for prom queen Uh-oh.
1: You've killed me!
3: Gavin Gown, a podcast where four whole millennials talk about the high school and college movies from back in day when we were high school and college students to find out what made the grade and what should have been held back. Representing the class of 03, I am your co host Crooks, joining me this week and every week. He sings like an angel and drinks like a fish. Class of 04 is own, Big Hearn, David Oscar Hernandez. What up, Dave?
1: Not too much, man. I feel like we're starting to turn the corner. It was above freezing today. Yeah. The snow's starting to melt. I think we're on the right track. Um, Feeling good. Yeah, We got like 26 days till spring. Um, Mm. Can't wait. Uh,
3: Really excited. Listeners, (laughs) listeners, you guys don't know this because you don't live with me. I live in a cul-de-sac in Iowa. And uh, the way that a cul-de-sac works, it turns out, when the plow comes, they just dump all the shit in one spot every time. So I have a Mm -hmm. hill in my front yard that the plow has been dropping on since like November. In from the street level, it's at least twelve feet tall. It blocks out the sun, like it's nice. the neighborhood children have used it as like a ski hill. There's a little bump at the bottom so it can catch some air at this point. Like it's 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 not safe, and it's yeah. it's going to be there until like May.
1: That's going to cause a flood. You should it's, be careful. I mean, it's
3: it's going to cause all my grass to die. It's under yeah, thousands of pounds of snow.
1: I was just about to say your lawn integrity is at risk.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not pleased mm-hmm. with it, but. Joining us from the class of 03, she is one half of our very own Texas Two-Step, the one and only big sis, Megan Mills. What up, Megan? Hey,
2: guys. um, Feeling good. Mm -hmm. Um, We had to reschedule this podcast because Texas was in a state of disaster last week. So um, Dana Dana and I couldn't get one night where we both had internet and
3: power. Yeah, you guys were reduced to developing nation status for a week there. And uh, I'm happy you guys made it out. But we are doing back-to-back recordings this week. So tomorrow night's episode might be a little little bit loosey for us. We're going to be, I think, a little bit dazed. But uh, we'll see if we can pull it off. Um, Rounding out the two-step, this podcast chief hydration and trivia correspondent from the class of 01, Dana Griffin. What up, Dana?
0: Um, Not much. Yeah, I was going to say this is like – we're probably going to like date ourselves, throw off the recording schedule, and be quite out of date because it's also National Margarita Day. So uh-huh. I feel like the world's new. Texans, we're going to need a break. Um, <laughs> so That's a, I, am, yeah. <laughs> I am enjoying uh, my second margarita of the evening, which to most folks is probably like not a big deal. But as we know, I'm 80 years old, so mm. things are loosey-goosey today on the podcast.
3: Uh, I should also add, we are in the time machine here, so we're recording this um, before the end of February. Uh, we, when you hear this, this will be after the uh, Cowboy Hat Challenge has ended, but we don't know who won yet, so cool. we'll release that, I think, uh, I don't know, a couple episodes from now or something. You'll, you'll hear it eventually when it happens, um, but this week, we are talking about Jawbreaker. Um, it's available on Amazon, iTunes, YouTube, Voodoo, and Google Play. Uh, The synopsis via Rotten Tomatoes. When an exclusive clique of teenage socialites accidentally murders their best friend Liz on the morning of her birthday, the three girls responsible, Courtney, Julie, and Marcy, conspire to hide the truth. As the trio make over nerdy reject Fern Mayo and groom her to take Liz's place, crack police detective Vera Cruz launches an investigation that will turn Reagan High School upside down. That ain't what happened. (laughs) Crack. She's not that good of a detective. She's she's terrible she's real bad
0: um so should this be where i admit um when i picked sugar and spice i picked it because someone was named fern um yeah, yeah. i thought it was fern mayo not
3: oh random
0: fern so yeah. okay second movie with the fern in it yeah. but not the fern i thought we were going to be talking about drain sugar
3: and spice so uh, similar to swoozy Kurtz, is fern short for something
0: Fernanda? Uh,
3: For, is it, is Furn- it Fernanda?
0: No, Fern is just
3: a name. Okay. It's named after a, a tree or a,
1: well, or a bush a,
3: or something, it's, right? It's a, a non-seeding deciduous plant. It has spores. Sure, sure. I
0: there do go. know a Fernanda, though. So I'm going to try I to... Know,
3: I know a Fernanda from 90 Day Fiance. She was on one season. Okay. It wasn't a good season. No, you don't know her. I know her. We're close <laughs> personal friends like uh, you and Taylor Kitsch. All um, you Fernandas out carry? there, reach out.
0: I don't, yeah. know her. I, don't,
3: never, never I don't know her. her, I
0: don't
3: know her. I don't know her. I don't know her. Big Sis, uh, do you wanna give us a rundown of who's in this movie?
2: Um, so we have Rose McGowan is our heroine Courtney Shane. Um, heroine? Slash, well, I was just gonna say slash <laughs> like, DBL- diabolical, <laughs> terrible person. Um, Rebecca Gayhart is Julie Freeman. Uh, Julie Benz is Marcy Foxy Fox Ooh. which that has like she wears that foxy necklace remember back in the day when that was cool uh, yeah, um are. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Judy Greer is Fern Violet Mayo which I never realized how they spelled that that's interesting yeah. Violet mm-hmm Chad Christ is Zach Tartak
3: He have a uh, last name sure
2: i d I'm not sure. I didn't even know he had a first name.
3: Um Zach Tartak. Zach I don't Tartak. Know. That's fascinating. I look
2: at it. Uh Charlotte Ayana is Liz Purr.
3: She's basically an extra. That's <laughs> she, has one, name.
1: she has one line. Does she has one it's line. It's recorded on that it's recorded on that card. Yeah. Oh, that's that's right. one.
3: that could have been anybody yep. now. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, get to that.
2: <laughs> Ethan Erickson is Dane Sanders. Pam Greer is Detective Vera Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, Carol Kane is Principal Sherwood. Marilyn Manson, um, who was dating Rose McGowan at this time, is the stranger because a, she a fantastic sleeps with someone and she only sleeps with people that she's dating, mm-hmm. apparently, you know, a lot in movies. A lot. Um, yeah, Tatiana Ali has like a very random role as Brenda.
3: I also wish she had a name.
2: Um, yep. Didn't know that. Um, William Cat is Mr. Purr. PJ Souls, who,
1: if, if anyone remembers back in the day, yeah. yeah. We did the, so- um,
2: yeah, the episode of, um, what was it called?
1: She was rocking roll, rock roll High School. Yeah. I
2: always want to call it High School High, and that's wrong. Yeah. Um, Jeff Conaway is Mr. Fox, and Sandy Martin is the nurse.
1: Oh, man. I forgot Sandy Martin was in this
3: yeah um, martin's in this the the one scene with jeff conaway is so much fun i wanted more jeff conaway in this movie yeah
0: it was like before but he went on those like vh1 reality
2: tv yep. shows where it was before like celebrity
3: oh. rehab Ooh. <laughs> yeah. well and then i'd be
2: i'd be remiss to like not mention that the donnas are in this also
3: the donnas yes would yeah, you talk about i that. don't
2: know
0: okay oh. oh
2: i mean they had a they had a whole section
3: and I I I am somebody who loves like garage punk music. So the Donna's were especially like when I was in high school, that was very much my shit. So yeah, the okay. Donna's they were I, I love the Donna's in this era. Um let's go around the horn and give some memories of the first time we saw this movie. It goes before the pod. Uh Dana, we're starting with you. What memories do you have of this one?
0: So I do remember watching this. Uh, I think I just was like a weird kid who um Secretly, I am an introvert, which is like a kind of doesn't always jive with how I act around most people. Um, So I spent a lot of time watching like anything I could watch on television or get lost in TV, um, I would watch. So I definitely remember watching this probably like alone quite a few times in high school. Um, You
3: had no friends back then. We established that. so.
0: So that's we should sometime correct that timeline. But um, yeah, no, I had friends, but also spent a lot of time alone. I don't know how that makes any sense. But yes, I used to watch this quite a bit in high school. Anytime it was on, again, podcast listeners, I am drunk tonight. So just take that with a grain of salt.
3: Yeah, listen, I, I've been drunk on an episode or two before. It makes for fun listening. I think um, let the good times roll is what I say. Yeah, I'm drunk, drunk on that every episode. episode. So. Yeah, you yeah. Guys survived the apocalypse. You were in yeah. the day after tomorrow for a week. <laughs> so drink so, it up. I mean,
0: I'm drinking a lot of tequila tonight yeah. and have to wake up at 5 a.m. tomorrow. So it's
3: going um, to be great. I assume that tequila was brought to you by a St. Bernard with like a little barrel around its neck, cartoon style.
0: Oh, if only. It's a <laughs> chihuahua and it was like, it almost like keeled over. Tipping over.
3: Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Dave, uh, what memories do you have of this one? It,
1: it was in high school. I I kind of had a bit of a crush on Rose McGowan. I would Everybody. see anything that she was in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I couldn't tell you exactly. I, I know it was on VHS and it was probably in my basement where I would regularly watch watch movies. And I remember being uh, uh, not too impressed with, with it the first time, but I've watched it a few times since. And I thought it's held up and it's been enjoyable. So All right. good yeah. stuff big
3: sis how about you
2: so the first time I actually watched this was this was also a last episode
3: Mm -hmm.
2: um and I barely almost didn't watch it again (laughs) for this episode but um I made it because the snowpocalypse um prolonged my my viewing time
3: my god yeah um I had also not seen this before our uh, the Lost episode. A little bit of inside baseball here. When we first started this pod, we were trying to like do some practice recordings just to kind of feel things out. And um, I wanted a movie that I didn't think we would ever actually need to cover for the podcast, but like something that we could listen to and just kind of, you know, find out what worked and what didn't. But I had so much fucking fun watching this movie and recording that episode that we decided to keep it after all, um, originally, you know, in our, our lost episodes. But yeah, prior to that, I had never seen it and barely knew what it was. Um, my brother is a little bit like Dana. He had a lot of ticket stubs for movies back in the day. And I know that he had the ticket stub to this on the bulletin board in his room, which is like the only thing that I really remembered about this movie. But um, yeah, I remember it obviously fondly from the Lost episode. Before that, I had very little uh, knowledge of this movie. Um, Dana, did this make the grade for you, or should they have held it back?
0: So, when Uh-oh. I sat down to re-watch this, which I have not watched since I was in high school, I am, unlike your brother, I did not have a ticket stub because mm-hmm. this came out in 1999. I was like yeah. 15, 16 at the time, so I wouldn't have been able to get in to see it. Um, I remember really enjoying this and then watching it back there were parts as a obviously much more advanced mature (laughs) connoisseur of cinema um, I would have liked to see more so I give it like a B minus C plus and we'll get into we can talk about why I'm giving it that grade Um, I love what they were trying to do but I think we could have had more
3: okay that's fair dave what are you about uh your thoughts here
1: i'll say uh a b the plot i mean oy, would, it, it should it have sh- it been really easy to to, to, to kind of figure this out but no one in the movie seemed to really want to but uh thought the acting was pretty good most of the way around i thought i thought rebecca gayhart was pretty good mm-hmm. and uh rose mcgowan obviously just evil Evil. She's very good. Can I ask um,
0: a uh, figure what out, Dave? How to murder your friend and
1: cover it up? Like I don't know. No, no okay, not. I, I'm talking as an observer. You're 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 just watching this and like, how huh, this police detective is like. You call. Oh. Okay. Um, we
0: know we, we can save the detectives i thought it was right. more like oh if i wanted to like murder one of you guys by shoving a jawbreaker down your face i could have covered yeah. it up better but right. if we're talking no, about the detectives
3: it
1: we could have been figured out yeah okay. really easily okay. but no it just, it just goes on and no one seems to know
3: okay. anything that's left behind that's going on yeah, um, we can
0: discuss that later sorry yeah, I for just, sure.
3: like, mm. yeah all right um how about you big sis
2: so the first time we watched it, I'm pretty sure I like definitely failed it.
3: You did. You hated this the first time around.
2: Yeah. Um, I didn't hate it this time. <laughs> I didn't love it. I would say like C minus D. Okay.
3: Well, that's um, right.
2: Yeah. Like, like Dave said, it was like, it seemed like a very obvious able to figure out who did it. Um, yeah, and like, I don't know, it it was just like a little too like creepy for me. But apparently, like there's this like time period where all these like super creepy movies are happening and we're about to get into a lot of them, it seems like in our conversations. Yeah. Um, So maybe now I understand like that's like the what they were going for. So I'm like
3: passing it. Okay. Um, well, for me, this movie like legit made it the grade. I didn't love it this much um, this time around, much as like the first time. The first time I proclaimed it better than The Godfather. Um, it's as good as The Godfather. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, um, podcast dad. listeners.
0: You couldn't. I was like doodling on my notes, it is and smoke. I almost fucking had a heart attack when I, I heard I mean, it.
3: maybe <laughs> as good as Godfather 3, but well, I'm, better I'm, than I'm, that. It's... No, I almost
0: I, died hearing that.
3: I, I don't I don't love it as much the, the you know this time around as the first time. I think the first time my expectations are pretty low for it and I didn't really know what it was. And so to see kind of what they put together, I was pleasantly surprised. Um this is a really weird movie and it's like super self aware. Um and the tone I think because of that is just right. Like it, it they didn't take themselves very seriously at all. Um and they did a lot of stuff like thematically that I thought worked in a way that if it was a little bit more serious or more silly, it would have it would have kind of missed the mark for me. Um, I think what kind of did it for me, the first like three minutes, um, I kind of had the thought that this is exactly the kind of movie that I had in mind for the pod the first time around because of like a lot of the editing and some of the Things they were doing on screen. Um, some of the performances are really fun. The movie never really drags. Uh, there's like one scene that I didn't need to see where they go to like the drive-in and we'll get to that but aside from I, that, I disagree. Well <laughs> I think it had some great lines in it. I love this movie and like Dave said Rose McGowan is in it. I had a huge crush on Rose McGowan. Uh, yeah also Judy Greer which we'll talk about her a lot but yeah I, I have a lot of fun watching this movie. Um before we get into the recap and the segments does anybody have any fun facts? I have a few. All right. Um
1: I didn't know this but a song called uh Lollipop Lips by Connie Francis plays during the Rose McGowan love scene
3: with the popsicle. Oh, oh. we're calling that a love um, scene are we?
1: <laughs> she was a she was a very uh wholesome Singer back in the 50s and 60s and did not appreciate oh. her song being used, so she sued A real pack to try and get and it removed. Up. Yeah, uh, and that was dismissed because she didn't <laughs> own the rights. <laughs> so, everyone own your masters because right. they can sell it and it can be in whatever anybody wants.
3: Yeah, own your masters. Um, yeah,
1: they shot the movie in 30 days. For context, uh, the average film shoot, depending on the genre and how complex, usually between 75 and 120 days. So yeah, okay.
3: Well, 30
2: days—that's about right.
1: You're all right, that's quick. Um, <laughs> I I noticed when uh, uh, what was the what was the dead character's name? I always forget. Liz. Um, Purr. Meow. Liz Purr. Um, when she's under the bed, when Marilyn Manson and uh, oh. Rose McGowan are, uh-huh. you can see her breathing pretty clearly. Oh. <laughs> I I thought. <laughs> I did like a JFK, like back into the left. I'm like, oh, no way. Come affair. on. No, just try it again and just be like, hold your breath. But they had the camera on her for a long time, so I don't yeah. blame her. You can't hold, I don't know, that was a long time to hold your breath, but. Um, shallow breathing.
2: Also, they, you know, only 30 days, there's no time to go back. Yeah. It's, it's, there's it's,
3: no time. Continue. It's all one take. Yeah. And I'm going to
1: give it to my guy, Roger Eber. Oh, I'm pumped he, for uh, this. He was very honest about how he felt about this. Uh, let's see, one and a half stars, oh. so not not his worst. I agree. Um, oh. Stating the movie is a slick production of a lame script. Okay.
3: Well, yeah. If
1: it, <laughs> if if anyone in the plot had the slightest intelligence, the story would implode.
3: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Did you crack yeah. detective my ass. <laughs> like no, right. this, is, this is the most obvious murder in history. I feel like.
1: I feel like the studio was like, we can get Pam Greer for a day and like, f- fucking get Pam Greer for yeah, a day. Cool. Foxy Brown to show up and play a detective for... Fantastic.
0: Can I give you a Pam Greer fact? Please. Yes. Uh, she, According to IMDb, so we know I've been burned. Oh than before. Here we go. Um, she has it in her claws. I think it's probably accurate as a black woman in Hollywood to be in control of her hair.
3: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope so.
0: So she like brought her own wigs. She's wearing like three wigs throughout this. So like they're, they're layered. They're luscious. They're nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she had to bring her own hair
3: to yes, this. I I did notice her edges looked really good. Like the the wig her, was not an obvious wig. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: her hair was fabulous. Yeah, one of the favorite parts of the
3: movie. I love I love Pam Greer.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's one know. thing I've learned from RuPaul's Drag Race is how to clock a really bad lace front.
3: So uh, ditto mm-hmm. RuPaul's of Atlanta. So. Oh you know yeah there's a it's a a wiggy wiggy show um let's jump into our recap here i think before we get into anything else um there's two actresses in here who i really want to put some respect on their name uh first and foremost can we talk about how fantastic rose mcgowan is in this movie like I Is she? she is, yes. Yeah. In terms of like an evil, <laughs> like she's basically like Maleficent. Like she is cold-blooded. She's carrying the whole movie. Like, yes, you know, Fern slash Violet has a lot to do. All the monologues go to Rose McGowan. All of like the, the the facial expressions and the spooky shit goes to her. Like she is acting in this movie and i think you disagree and i'm shocked
0: um so i agree so this is a thing where i was like oh i thought this movie was better like when i was a kid <laughs> i was like this movie was better um and i just think like i think rose it's a weird balance between when she gets like truly and completely evil in like the second I don't even say in the second half, but they were like in the beginning i was just kind of like i say right away too no she does right away but it, it, it feels forced and like unnatural because she feels like she has to be like oh i'm still kind of nice but like after watching her in scream which granted she's in the movie for like 15 minutes
3: yeah
0: um i just i just wanted more I think I have in my notes somewhere, I thought Rose McGowan was a better actress.
3: Oh, my God. Right? Nice. okay. I disagree. I, I, I didn't want to toss this out here. Uh, is she scarier than Regina George?
0: Well, mainly because she'll kill me. Like, 100% not yeah. care. She didn't, mean,
3: kill. She didn't yeah. mean Liz Purr. But, I mean, in terms of- Think about
0: of her, Robin Tooney, like, from The Craft in this role. Okay. Can you can you sense the nuance you would have gotten? Like the the ebbs and the flows?
1: Robin Tony, I I think we would have gotten like more mourning before she turned into the cold-blooded part. If it's but if it's Robin, it's just, it's just straight it's straight darkness. As, as soon as it happens, like our friend is dead. What are we gonna do about it? Well, like yeah, wouldn't you have
0: liked a little more of like a gradual? I was like, yo, these bitches just killed some chick and they don't they don't care. Care.
1: they don't
3: they care. don't care they don't care yeah. i i think i don't know if i'd see robert in that role i would like to watch faruza balk do it
0: yes <laughs> faruza, watch
3: faruza balk. yes yes faruza yeah i i think she's scarier than regina not even just because of like the accidental murder part but like regina seems a lot more scheming and calculated but courtney is like a full-on sociopath like she has oh, no yeah. emotions she has no moral compass like she she genuinely does not know right from wrong and is just cold fucking blooded. I feel like Regina still cared about being liked by people and I feel like Courtney does not give a fuck. Like she, yeah. a bad person, doesn't care if people think she's a bad person until like the very end of the movie. Yeah.
0: But like murder wasn't an option in Mean Girls. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, she she I think about, like you know, Liz, I somebody. think... No, Tina Fey, like we're like we're not murdering people, m- baseline. Yeah. Um, so like I think that affects it a little bit.
3: But I I would say you put the flawless four up against the plastics, and I think Regina would be scared of Courtney Shane.
2: Yeah, like Courtney is like
3: edgy. Murder and aside, she, yeah, yeah. right. Sure. She's edgy and she dresses like she's going to drop the scarf at like a chicken run like she's Oh yeah. Like she looks half of her uh, her wardrobe is vinyl like she looks legit scary. Mm-hmm.
0: Which I'm here for that. Because she's 35.
3: Oh, she right. she's 35. we'll talk about that yeah. in a minute. She's a senior. <laughs> Sorry. Fan. Um now the other performance that I that I really appreciated in this movie uh comes from Judy Greer
1: as Judy, both Judy, Judy and Violet. Yeah. All
3: right. Yeah, I uh, I have loved Judy Greer since Dave and I watched Arrested Development back in the day when we were living together. Um, yeah, she was a lot of fun in that. Uh, I love her in Archer. Uh, her her voice acting in Archer is fantastic. She's in a commercial for like La Quinta Inn or some shit. And I like her in that commercial. I just I like Judy Greer. Um, and seeing her get to play like two so different characters, like she has range in this movie. Mm -hmm. I I loved watching her as like the meek and timid fern then as Violet like I did not know she had that kind of charisma I don't think the character needs that kind of charisma but she I love to watch her on screen in this Megan Megan
2: face what did she
3: do as Violet um I mean you know so so
0: that's that's so my only complaint about this movie and why I gave it a very low grade is I needed more of the Fern to Violet transition? I needed time to understand how she accepted the Violet of it all.
3: I do how not disagree she be- with
0: that. How she became yeah. all of a sudden the queen bee. Like I get, it. like she got the cool car. But if I could spend ten hours with Fern Violet Neo <laughs> and understand what happened. Like fuck, Liz part. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna dive in to this. Well, because know, okay. Judy Greer is fucking amazing. That's why.
3: While we're while we're on that topic, let's talk about how she turns from Fern to Violet. Um, okay, so they had this very surreal makeover scene. The movie has a, a number of surreal things in it. What was that? This is not the first. This is the second one because the opening credits are also pretty fucking crazy. But. We have this Violet makeover scene, and there's these like three really strange characters that are doing the makeover, and they're speaking in like sort of these weird rhyming couplets. And there's these bizarre like overhead spinning shots. It's in some kind of like a uh, M.C. Escher style void. Like there's yeah, surrealism. my notes.
0: My notes said, "Who are these people making over Fern and then turning Liz?" The Adams Family, like I literally you know, did not I mean, understand.
3: <laughs> they're, well, they're the monsters. These are not as nice. These are not uh, as quality as the Adams Family. This is the okay. monsters. I love the right. monsters. No one, no shade on the monsters, but they're not the Adams Family. There's a reason that there's multiple Adams Family movies and no monsters movies.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> like, sounds, the Family better. I was giving them a leg up. Yeah, going, well, let's, let's have it be the Adamses.
3: They're not that. My my thing is, um, okay, Judy Greer. Uh, can be a very good looking woman and she you know as Liz you can see that okay they put like braces on her and like flat hair I and mean, they trying to convince us that this is a whole Rachel Lee cook she's all that situation um, they do this makeover and at the end of it you would think she was going to be like a legit Judy Greer smoke show this bitch looks 40 years old like the haircut, the haircut they give her is the same one Betty White has in Golden Girls. Like she's got, I don't know what they did to her. It's she doesn't at all look young or sexy. Like I just throw some curls in her brown hair, and you've got that's better than what they did with her. I don't her hair know. and
2: her outfit, like her, what she wore. I was like, yeah. is she in the same like time in history?
3: Man, she, she looked she looked a lot like uh, January Jones in uh, Mad Men. Like that was kind of the overall. Okay. Look. Right on down to the pale paint they covered her with because she oh, was pale paint. Pale. Yeah. Yeah. Dave coined <laughs> pale paint during her last episode. These girls are all pale.
1: Um, Shout out to Sheamus from the WWE who oh, originated the pale <laughs> she paint.
3: Sheamus has on the pale paint. Yeah. Yeah. These
2: but okay, here's. Here's my question about, though, about this whole and maybe we're getting into the the outfits a little bit too much, but. They all like the music and the outfits seemed like it was in the 50s. Yeah, to some degree, like Rose McGowan looked like a pinup girl.
3: Yes, Rose McGowan, um, I think. And again, that's kind of what I was saying when I felt like the movie set a tone for itself and like didn't take itself super seriously. We'll talk about fashion here in a little bit, but nobody would really dress like any of the girls in the movie, especially Rose McGowan, who, I mean, I don't, I, we can talk about what she's got on in whatever scene we want to, but I feel like if they were dressed in like, let's see, this would have been 98. So, so stuff you get from like Errol Postal, I guess would be what you'd wear at that time or like early Abercrombie stuff, it wouldn't have looked right. Like they they wouldn't, it wouldn't have seemed right for her character to be dressed in like the fashions of the day. Um, Similarly, like if you would have put music in this, that would have been like, you know, turn of the millennium pop music, it wouldn't have felt right. So I think you had to kind of have that sort of a, a tone to it. Even like I said, going back to the opening credits, the opening credits, it's like a super dramatized process of manufacturing jawbreakers. Uh, if they did it this way, you're cranking out like 12 of them shits a day. Like it's it takes <laughs> three hours to make one of these things. Yeah. Um. And all the machines like all old timey and over the top. And I think you know we're setting a tone. This is not a real world setting that we're in. It's it's supposed to be modern day. They give you enough like modern day cues of things, but like this is not a real world setting. And
2: yeah. throwback to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory
3: yes also that factory would not be a real working factory and this felt very similar to that like all this shit just kind of feels like a little bit deliberately silly is kind of the way that I put it I think
0: I think that's fair and I think I was like again this is IMDB trivia
3: mm-hmm.
0: but the writer director purposely picked older actors because he was inspired by Greece. <laughs> So like John Travolta, Shit. Olivia Newton, John were like uh, thirty yeah. or forty five
3: in that movie. Yeah, the that played Rizzo was like her kids were like thirty at the time. So yeah. it's like oh, it's overly
1: stylized, super artistic, like a John Waters something or other. Like this felt yes. John Waters. like very fifties.
0: Which I added a John Waters the movie to our list. Oh my
3: so, god! Oh, oh, I think I know which one. I'm not going to say it, but I think oh, I know. No. Which one. I'm going to do a motion Uh, here. Is it that one?
0: uh, No, not that one. Um, But I found out. So the only reason I'm familiar with the John Waters movie that I added is because my brothers are Gen X and we're millennials. So like my brothers are super old. And I remember very vividly at their like 12th birthday party watching this John Waters teen film. And my fiance, Bill, I should just, Bill. (laughs) <laughs> from now on listeners bill is my fiance i hate saying that word um he's like i've never seen that film and i'm like what? what the fuck world did you grow up in like there's so many like very 80s 90s things that i have to introduce bill to and i'm like i this doesn't feel right like what
3: you should what know these ha-
0: what was happening in delaware Ugh. lower delaware slower lower oh. that nothing you- nothing Obviously. was happening
3: I don't know which movie it is, and I'm okay with that. But I feel like no matter what John Waters movie it is, if you're 12, you shouldn't be watching that shit yet. <laughs> like oh, I
0: was watching it at like six, and yep, it uh, greatly influenced my life.
3: Um, now, while we're on the topic of these women being like old people, I we we we've gotten kind of used to seeing adults play high school students, maybe like a 20 or 20 year old, 21 year old playing like 16. Um, I'm gonna run through these ages here real quick. So Judy Greer is 24 in the movie. Um, that's not terrible. Uh, Rose McGowan is 26, so now we're we're getting a little bit up there. Julie Benz is 27. Uh huh. Rebecca, almost Gay-Hart. 10 years. She's literally 10 years older than the person she's Rebecca playing. Rebecca Gayhart is 28, goddamn years old, trying to play a 17 year old. What the fuck are we doing? She
2: looks like it.
3: She. Looks I mean, she
2: looks like great, you. but she looks like she's
3: a woman yeah this is a woman this is not a high school girl this is a this is a woman who's got like a mortgage and sciatica like this is not a young person in high school
0: hey i had sciatica in high school cool
3: with that i, I mean 28 <laughs> i was
0: like are you surprised that i had sciatica more <laughs> back brace in high school
3: <laughs> you got achy breaky joints yeah i i just kind of feel this this was like verging on pin 15 territory like, these are, it's almost like it's done for a laugh to watch Rebecca Gayhart play a teenager. That It seems ridiculous to me.
0: Uh, Rebecca about. Gayhart, I remembered, because, um, like, you know, I look up the cast, she was on one of the many soap operas my mom would watch um, from, like, so, like, in Jersey, the news ended at 12.30, and then it was, like, soap operas the rest of the day. It started with Loving, and it went to all my children, and then it went to oh, fuck. I can't remember the name of that other show, and then General Hospital. And Rebecca Gayhart was on Loving, and
3: that's my mom. Watched. General Hospital. Yeah, my mom watched Loving, and she used to watch all my children back to back. Those were her stories. And then I used to give her shit because when I was in like high school, I think uh, she was watching Passions. Uh, I've never heard that's is the- that the one with the evil leprechaun? Yeah, not a leprechaun. He's a puppet. It's a, He's a, puppet. there's a witch.
2: I don't understand.
3: I think, I think Passions is a spin-off of Loving or All My Children or some shit like that. It, it's got someone no. in it who is a witch uh, and she's got a puppet that talks. I think his name is Timmy. <laughs> it's got a puppet who talks, but only like when she's around played by a little person. It is, it, it might as well be Twin Peaks. Like if Twin Peaks was a, a soap opera, oh, it'd basically be, it's weird as shit. I remember walking in and she's watching. was like, "What are you doing? Like, what? This is not like soap opera. Strange. This is like strange for the sake of being strange." Uh, I'll post a picture of Timmy <laughs> to the Facebook group and on her Instagram because it's something to see.
1: I really do admire the uh, soap operas, man. The, they have it down to a science. They shoot like eight episodes a oh, week. Yeah, yeah, they're they have it down. If, say, you screw up a line, they're just like, no, we're going to we're just gonna... drive near quickly, quickly, quickly. They, <laughs> like they, they have it all figured out. It's very efficient. A lot of
0: actors will say like it's a great proving ground. Oh, yeah. Sarah Michelle Geller got yes. her shirt. She was yeah. All My Children. She was uh, Susan Lucci's illegitimate daughter, Kendall, that she mm-hmm. sent away. Uh, anyway, Kali we Rippa. want to talk about...
3: Kelly uh, Ripa was too. also on, I think, All My Children. Um, oh,
0: yeah. Kelly Ripa? Yes.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, um, I did have a question I want to toss out to you guys to see if you could explain this to me. Um how long does this movie last from like start to finish in terms of like time? Not like, you know, runtime. Like how many days do we think pass between the murder of Liz Purr and the end of this movie?
2: I mean, it can only be like 5 days because how like how are her parents away so long? How does
3: Well, her parents come back. Uh, like a day or two after she's murdered. That's when they call the cops.
2: But she, but the parents are gone on her birthday?
3: Yeah. They went on vacation without her. I'm so confused. <laughs> Left her by herself.
1: Well, They have a
3: big nice house
1: so, so they're like super rich people which means yeah. they're like, kids, you know, you go over there. We're going to the islands or the summer house for the weekend. We're going to you enjoy, Canaria. You enjoy yourself. We are going to do what
3: we do yeah i it feels kind of like um the movie has to kind of take place in under a week because we never see like a weekend where the girls go to a party together or like fern is at home with her parents for the weekend or anything so let's say well they, they murdered her on a school day because they yep. killed her before going to school um it carried her body in broad daylight it, up in broad the front daylight, steps of yeah in heels, That's stumbling stuff. and bumbling around everywhere. Take your shoes Jesus. off first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: also, like, what time did their school start where they could, like, do this during the daytime and then go to, like, a diner for, like, pancakes? Like, our yeah. school started at 725, and I woke up at, like, 7, like, 08 and barely made it every day.
3: This is a thing in these movies where these high school kids have, like, oodles of time to get shit done before school starts.
0: Well, so I will attest when I started high school, since I'm the oldest person on this podcast, but like two years, um, when I started high school, like I think our homeroom started at like 821 my first year and wow. then, right? Like wildness.
3: Yeah.
0: And then my sophomore year homeroom started at 751. So like all <laughs> of a sudden I was late for school all the time because I could, could not bother. Um, I, I got to in
3: the all the time.
0: Yeah. yeah, this is why I think. Oh, wait, it didn't come up on this podcast. I think it just came up on uh, internal conversations where I got in, sol- in school suspension because I was late all the fucking time. Um,
3: so, um, yeah, we started at seven twenty-five. It we I think my senior year I had like late arrival and early dismissal. So maybe I'm starting at like eight thirty, whatever. Eight fifteen. It was
0: it was wild. We started the school so much earlier. So. No, I remember my brothers went to the same high school. Like, they had to be there by like 8 15 at the earliest. And I was like, that sounds magical. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it's some other world where school just sh- happens when you want to show up, is the sense I got from this movie. Yeah.
3: Um,
0: the yeah. timeline, and this is where, like, this is why I said, like, it definitely seems like this movie takes place over like a week. Yeah. Three or four days. It's very condensed, which I think would have been more interesting if we had stretched it, so we could have gotten more of, like, we never get Violet's ascension. Like, we never really no. get to see her.
3: No. It happens overnight.
0: Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, she becomes a bitch. Like, it takes time to learn how to do that.
3: Well, and my my thing uh, with Violet, and I think this is a thing that I just I have a problem where I overanalyze all kinds of shit. I, I think I'm learning about myself doing this pod um i don't know how the fern violet life swap is supposed to actually work because nobody recognizes her like she she got a new haircut and she's dressed very differently but they didn't give her like plastic surgery so it's the same face on her um do we think she's going to class
0: well, she was, and then no. Everybody's like, "Oh, Fern hasn't shown up to school in days." And,
3: and this like, violet girl sitting in her desk every day. Yes. <laughs> with her, yeah, with I her same coursework. The same face. Yeah, yeah. the same face.
0: Same last
2: name. Weird.
1: Well Same face ish, like a little rouge. Is that a <sighs> well, thing? Rouge. Pale paint. Yeah, rouge. Uh, like guess. a little bit of red. Blush. In, 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 in the
3: cheeks, instead of pure pale paint. Yeah, like
0: blonde hair, and there's some tits. So
3: I don't, I, I guess, I just, I feel like if one of my classmates showed up near the end of the school year, cause prom is around the corner and had like new clothes and a new haircut, I'd still recognize them. Um, yeah. There were, no, there were.
0: <laughs> you never acknowledged her. Never I, but looked I, know, at I her. know who she is. <laughs> no, you, no, you don't. You've never looked at ferns. Stop I will,
3: it. I will say I don't. I don't want really to use names on this pod anymore. From you know, from our our legal counsel. You can even
1: say a first name and then a first initial, and you'd be fine. But you insist on saying full names, the, the, addresses. The first name. Every first
3: name will give this one away. We went to school you with the girl.
0: Their social security numbers
3: <laughs> and <laughs> their address and mother's maiden name. Um, we went to high school with a girl. Uh who was on the dance team with Megan, who had like a legit full-blown glow up, I think between junior and senior year. Remember mm-hmm. Fran? Yep. Yeah, Franny very came so back. He was my neighbor. He was across the street from me. She
2: it was, was your neighbor, she
3: Fr- Fran was Fern, all right? For three years, she was Fern. Like she was very unassuming, like very meek. She came back, like going into senior year, looking bomb. And even then I'm like, well, I know that's still Fran. Like I don't I'm not like who is that person? I never had class with her, but I knew who she was. So the idea that like you give her an overnight makeover, she comes to school the next day, goes to all the same classes, sits in the same desk, and everyone's like, That must be a new kid. Like I I had a hard time buying that.
0: No, it happens I feel like it happens in all of these movies. I, that... mean... I was
2: just gonna say that's like Four or five of the plots of, of some of these movies.
3: Wouldn't a teacher know her? <laughs> like, she's starting no. to get her schoolwork, or she's fucking all of her classes now.
0: Nope, she's not doing any schoolwork. I guess not. not.
3: She's too busy doing all the other extracurriculars she's, she's doing.
0: She, she's sexy now. She has a fucking bi-wing Corvette, or ro- that's some like,
1: kind of car that I think yeah. I should know. She just had to make had out a with right. a mechanic to get it. she 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 looks like uh what's that uh the person in la that
3: has the billboard and she doesn't do anything yeah make a reference to angeline Um, do they there's a scene where she's cavorting around on the hood of her corvette in front of the school (laughs) for some reason like like she legit drives her corvette up to the school gets out and then begins to like writhe around on the hood and a crowd forms yeah and i guess someone tells uh, Courtney and Marcy, this is happening because they like run outside to accost her. And as they're dragging her into the school building, uh, I think it's an ADR line, but uh, Courtney goes, who do you think you are, Angeline? So like, yeah, they, she her that, her whole character, I think was heavily borrowed from Angeline um, to our, Here, nun, yeah. Oh, uh,
2: no, go into Angeline and then I was gonna ask a provocative question.
3: To our, to our non-LA listeners, um, if you look up a Google image search for Angeline, A-N-G-E-L-Y-N-E, um, I'll also put some pictures of her on our Instagram and on the, in the Facebook group. She was like early, early, early version of Famous for Being Famous. She was this woman who had a pink Corvette and wore a whole lot of pink shit. And then she would just put up huge billboards of herself with her name on them, like all over L.A. And then she became like, like, a, like a, a pop culture figure, I guess, like at a time before reality TV and shit, Angeline. She was, was like, like the
2: Instagram model before there were in, like right. Instagram
3: famous stars. This would have been People. like like late eighties, early nineties, I think when Angeline kind of was a thing, but yeah, she just was, was known for being known. And uh, that I think took a lot of that for, uh, for Violet's whole look and persona. Um, what was your provocative question?
2: So we are we were talking about how this is like very similar to Greece in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Would this have been a better movie if it was also like a musical?
3: But like a Rocky oh horror God, style musical. Oh, okay, yes. Rocky horror style, yes. Yes. If it was gonna I mean, be like
2: I'm I'm excited to see that.
3: Yeah if it was gonna be like um like a very serious musical where it's like it's taking itself because I feel like Greece does believe in itself as a musical. If it was going to be like an over the top bizarre musical, I would have loved to watch that go down. Absolutely. This would
2: have been a way better movie.
3: Yeah, yeah, it would have been a lot more fun for sure. You could. If you read the, you just do a. You have one song where Fern becomes Violet. You get rid of that whole makeover scene. You have her learn how to be cool and learn how to be mean. I'd be down with that for sure.
1: Yeah. The- if you read the IMDb trivia, there's references to Rocky Horror in the movie too. I guess oh, it's the, I did not read that. The line Courtney threatens Fern with in the bathroom, I made you, I could break you just as easily. Uh, oh. Same thing Dr. Frank and Ferdy uses to threaten Rocky.
3: Okay. Okay. In the film. So, so I think the, these
1: are all things that are in the writer's mind.
3: <laughs> Listen, why did they just
1: time. do it then? <laughs>
3: really, they, really, they really could have and should have.
2: The they domes just are right there. If they've just given it like 20 more days, they could have made it into. Right.
3: I mean, yeah. I think a bit better. You you cut out uh the whole like Julie love interest story and just give me some musical numbers and I'm down for that. Um, Dana.
0: What was okay? I don't know if you need to get into it now, <laughs> but like, what <laughs> Your face? was Julie? And there's so many things in this movie that, like, again, this is why I gave it my harsh grade it was like we needed more of all of the things they were trying to do
3: yeah i don't know we why we have to
0: get did. into all of it here we can
3: well, do we don't sem- we're not going to do a whole love at first semester because there was no love story here but That's right. i don't know why they gave that love story any screen time and there's also a brief mm-hmm. moment where for no reason at all they have like violet kind of trying to like elbow her way in on the same dude which goes nowhere so, like, I didn't need any of that. Get that shit out of here. It doesn't it, do anything for the movie.
0: It, like, didn't make sense because at the time where Rose McGowan's character, I can't...
3: Could Courtney be Shane.
0: Sure. Courtney Shane is trying to force Violet to, like, theater kid who is into Rebecca Gayhart. Yeah. Follow along with me, listeners. Uh-huh. Um, when she's, like, proposing that, it doesn't seem clear that Rebecca Gayhart is into this Zach fellow. It just seems very convoluted. It was super weird. And I'm like, you're right, we didn't need this. But I feel like they needed more for Rebecca Gayhart to do. So they were like, oh, once she stands up to Courtney Shane, like she doesn't serve a purpose. And sorry if my perpetual question accent (sighs) is bothering you guys. I'm literally confused about who anybody is right now.
3: Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know why they had any of that. It didn't, it wasn't necessary. You could have found other ways to fill out the amount of screen time it took, which wasn't a whole lot of time. But,
2: I feel like there was like a story that was like cut, or like more to that that was cut out. Because I think like what they were know. trying to do is set up the fact that like Julie was into this guy and then Fern comes in and like swoops in and like takes it over. But they yeah. like never really got to
0: that point.
3: No, we see Fern talk to him one time only.
0: Yeah. And I agree. Like I think I think that's what they were trying to do, but I think it would have been more interesting to like see that pushback between um Julie, right? Julie and
1: <laughs> Julie Courtney. And, and, and like that oh, yeah, yeah, constant
0: yeah. fight between like Julie being like, we should call the cops, we do this accidentally. And Courtney being like, nah, we murdered this bitch. It's over. We gotta like hide it. And I think like we if we could have had more of that drama and yeah. then more of Fern becoming violet. I don't need yeah. men. I don't need romantic stories. The, if, the, if Holly learned like like cut the fucking romantic bullshit out of most movies.
3: I was okay I with it. the with the um the hookup scene between uh, Courtney and whatever that meathead dude's name was because that was like it didn't do anything for the movie, but at least that was like funny to look at, and you had some funny lines that came out of that. The very earnest like romance story between Julie and Zach, I'm just like, is ain't good for anybody. And the one scene where I felt like it dragged was when they went to the drive-in, and he was like, "This is where I come if I want to think." I'm like, no, "Yeah, I'm I don't, that. That yeah, make sense." That shit. Mm-hmm. Um, like,
0: I think the Courtney in the Meathead, I think it just shows like how weird Courtney is, like how
3: well, well, I, I, I think, think it's helpful
0: that. to to transition to the later Marilyn Manson who again world I think we canceled him we hate him but like he's in this You know show.
2: you know what though all three of those moments would have been great with a rocky horror
3: musical with the musical number yes you're not you're not wrong in the least i would have been fine with yeah even even the the drive in scene could have been fun
2: yeah it would have been horror. way better
3: yeah listen um while we are on the topic of Marilyn Manson, uh, what's your problem? <laughs> this movie's got some things. <laughs> what man. isn't your problem? It's got some things. Um, this this <laughs> movie, not. It's perfect. It's great. <laughs> I mean, Didn't do anything numbers. wrong. Yeah. This this movie has plenty of that rampant homophobia. The late '90s was just all about. There's a whole bunch of references to Zach being gay because he's in drama. Like, mm. there's a lot, and they come like back to back to back um which like i mean i it's it's the lowest hanging fruit which again i know is not the best terminology when talking about making gay jokes um and then there's also like a bunch of references to violet being gay based on fucking nothing like mm-hmm. based on lori from that 70s show shows up rest in peace and yells out carpet muncher at her and julie at yes for nothing for nothing I don't that know was what weird. that was about. Yeah. I feel like she should have been, she should have played the role of Marcy in this movie, Foxy, but I don't know if she can keep it together for 30 days. Like this was, she was deep in her addiction at this point, I think.
0: Yeah, I was like, R.I.P. Lori from the 70s show. I'm pretty sure I she's. with no yeah, us. She,
3: she passed, but I, I um, don't know that she could have like been in a big role in this movie, even though she is perfect for it. Sure. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. No. The the yeah. That was definitely weird. I think the prom scene, like, it ultimately, it it felt like a completely different movie. And this movie has a lot of movies happening within it. Yeah, it does. And then yeah, that whole like, I was just like, we've never seen this girl. We <laughs> haven't seen any main character interact with her, and she's just shouting. Uh, I don't.
3: She used homophobic slurs.
0: That yeah, those I couldn't remember. It was.
3: That's what yeah. she was there for.
0: It was very weird.
3: And it was it was strange. Now that said, uh, do we think that Violet might have actually been gay? I think she might have been. Um, we see that she was like very fixated on the freckles on the back of Liz Per's neck. Mm. Um, that was weird. Yeah, and like, but that we,
2: but that also seems like kind of like psycho
3: oh she's a crazy person to a degree but it's yeah, also okay. it's the kind of thing that um i would say girl crazy teenage brian crooks might have also been fixated on if there was a girl that had a crush on Sig in front mm. of me i could don't be. think about told to the cops about it but. Uh, i think
1: it, it, it could okay. be just the result of constant never-ending harassment from people at school could she's be. like I'm, I'm if i have to be here i'm going to focus on the things that make me I guess happy which turned out to be you know freckles in the back of someone's neck
3: yeah well <laughs> if it was just that I'm like alright you got a weird thing that's okay the, I thought it was very cute to watch her rehearse what she was going to say before opening the door um, like what? before knocking on the door I thought that was cute okay she was obviously very nervous but again it's the way you would expect her to rehearse how to like talk to the boy she has a crush on yeah like she's working through her lines there
0: I just think like uh, Fern doesn't talk to anybody, so that's the sense that I got. Which that's beyond me because I went but, to like a relatively small high school, so like I don't understand that.
3: But why does she call her meow? Then she calls Liz meow because she's the cat's meow, and her last name is Fern. and because she's kind of weird. It's, it's I, people I like think, come I up think with think these she things. Had a crush and, on her. She probably thought it was very
1: clever. She's
3: like, can you get it? Liz Purr
1: cats meow. Because she's also she's also but it's very weird, like
3: her like hold the mayo. So yeah, she (sighs) she thinks name puns are that's right up her alley. But I I think it's not a stretch for me to think that Violet might have had a a sexual crush on at least Liz Purr. Maybe that's the only girl she had a crush on like that.
2: Mm, Yeah. I think it's more of a I wanna be that person thing.
3: could be. Because and Liz did seem like a very like pure-hearted, sweet young lady before she was murdered.
0: So that's the thing. I also was like, if Liz, we never actually we hear Liz utter four words, "You've if killed that, me," or I don't know five words. I don't know what they are.
3: Killed you've
1: killed
3: <laughs> me.
0: You killed <laughs> me. I don't know what they were. Um, it wasn't that. We you know like so little of Liz Purr, but we're meant to hold her up on this like pedestal. But if like Liz Purr was as great as we thought, like, I don't know, why was she spend friends with Courtney Shane? Courtney Shane seemed like a fucking evil
3: bitch. Well, in my mind, they had been friends since they were little kids. In the opening credits, you see all these pictures of them like as you know, kids. No one's up.
0: friends, no one's friends for that long
3: but i i will say well i mean i've been friends with megan since we were like 11 12 whatever i guess we weren't like four i didn't know you when i was four but correct the i feel like um courtney was not that until liz died like i think liz dying opened the door for her to to go you know full cersei lannister
0: Way. No way! Yeah. You don't have that. You don't. You don't kill your friend and be very blasé about it without it, like purpose. living inside you. Well,
3: once she died, it it came out. But I think she might have been. She was in a lot of the, kind of clever. Mm-hmm. A lot of the pictures they show of them in the opening credits, it's like Liz front and center and Courtney looking a little bit jealous, like slightly behind her. No, well, I get so that. that.
2: Yeah, like, I could see. I mean, I could see like them, cause especially like Julie and Marcy at the beginning. I think Marcy just is one of those who kind of goes with everyone. Like Marcy that
0: mess.
2: like that one mean girl, what was that girl, mean girls who's just like
3: uh, such size
2: all the time. Yeah, the, Karen. One
3: Karen. Yeah, Yeah, I think she's Marcy just like a character. Karen. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. same
2: character. Um, and so she's gonna like essentially do whatever like the the queen bee is doing. But I think like Julie is pretty sweet. Liz Purr is pretty sweet. And then I think like Courtney like had this secret whole life because she, I think she's the one who went to the bars and like slept with random guys and like did all this stuff. And so like she like had to hide it because everything was like so perfect. And then she like kind of came out of her shell and like basically switched gears during this.
3: Fully agree. Listen, while we're on the topic of Oh, boy. Courtney boning random dudes at the bar. Let's talk about Marilyn fucking Manson in this movie. Um, Jikes. This is a lot more problematic given what we found out about him a few weeks ago, this whole scene. Um, For listeners who have not seen this movie, he shows up in one scene. He's in a cameo role. Doesn't have any lines. Uh, He is just there to look as disgusting as possible with like yeah. a gross mustache and like slicked back hair and have like slow motion doggy style sex with Courtney while her dead friend is under the bed Yeah. Um, the, the way that his jowls shake as he's railing this poor girl is going to be etched in my mind forever <laughs> it's so fucking gross Like, and, and you get, gave this
2: movie higher than a C
3: yeah, it's better than Godfather. I just, I just don't. I mean, it's it's the Forrest Gump of its time. I think we can all agree on that. I just kind of feel like everything about him in this movie is hard to look at.
0: Well, so I'm gonna like take us a little bit away from that because it's it's very gross. It's very disgusting. Um, is but that
3: where the you're whole going?
0: <laughs> the whole reason Courtney has sex with him is like we need to have the cops, the whoever think that Liz Purr has this like weird sexual appetite. Yeah. So if I have sex with him in the bed, he'll leave uh, specimens to put it mildly, behind. (laughs) Um, But the thing is, if you're also in that bed having sex, you're leaving specimens behind. And then also, uh, I don't want to get gross, but I don't think this movie understood um, that we would have SVU in our lives for the past mm. 17 decades um, yeah. and every iteration of CSI and NCIS, and we know better because it's like, ah, enhance, collect the things and bring out the blue light. And, Give me
3: that luminol. Oh, uh, we, can't,
0: we can tell she hasn't, you know, like, I don't want really to get too graphic with it, but um just you leaving things behind in the bed would not be enough to convince cops that Liz had some torrid sex life. Like, they'd have to do an examination of the corpse and they'd be very clear that, like, there's no brutalization. Everything's yeah. intact.
3: Well, so it was just
0: like a wild Right. Now knowing. They didn't know. They didn't know, they didn't uh, know. TV c- procedurals would get so graphic,
3: but. They didn't know that we would know. But yeah. also,
0: yeah. like, yeah. She called.
2: Like, there's record of Courtney calling the office. That yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: The cell,
1: phone, her cell phone, her cell phone, her, her DNA, quest-
2: her yeah. cell phone, calling the yeah. office. Like, literally. Like, are these cops incompetent?
1: One question from the detective to to Liz's mom: Like, did you make the call? No. Yeah. Right. Go okay. make the fucking oh, call. Let's suspect, figure man. that out. We're your detectives. Suspect. Let's detect. That's why <laughs> Ebert was right. You think about this like just this much harder than you should and it all falls apart.
3: (laughs) Yeah, listen. I also, while we're on the topic of the stage rape of Liz Purr, also real fucking problematic. Um, Like it's bad enough that they kind of felt like this was an acceptable way to like cover up the manslaughter was by acting as though their friend had been raped. But the way they talked about it made it a lot worse. Like they make a lot of references to her like deserving to be murdered because she was promiscuous. There's a, a very self-aware line. I hope it's a self-aware line where Julie yells at her friends. You can't just say she was raped because her legs are spread. Yes. Like, I mean, I think that's what they're going to try to pull off here. And then the way that Courtney describes the whole like deviant sex lie to Pam Greer. I mean, it feels a lot more like what you expect the cop to say about like the murder of a sex worker. that They're just not going to take seriously. Like, if you guys watch The Ripper on Netflix, it's the whole tone of that entire documentary series. Like, oh, well, she's a prostitute. So, like, oh oh she got murdered. <laughs> like, that's that was kind of what Courtney was going for. And the fact that the movie presents it like a reasonable way to cover a murder, I thought was not alright to look at.
0: So, that's why I thought they were, like, trying to be mildly progressive of, like, how ridiculous it sounded. But then, like, they didn't know decades later we would all know way too much about crime scene investigations and no. whatever. But no. yeah, like I thought that was like one of the things that they were like trying to like maybe be like
3: It's right, hard guys, to tell this is a
0: really fucked up thing that we all assume and do.
3: It's but really yeah. hard to tell because well there's there's when they when they're trying to sell it to Pam Greer, she just yells out, Who was she fucking? So like it's <laughs> And she's like, like slamming the jawbreakers <laughs>
2: on the table.
3: <laughs> yes. Okay, she, She's in a different movie. Like She's in a gritty 70s cop drama, basically. Um, yeah, I know.
2: I loved it. I was uh, like, I want to watch that.
3: Yeah, I, I enjoyed watching her in the seven minutes she was in this movie. Um, listen, I, I think while we're talking about them uh, staging this whole rape scene and all that, we need to talk about Foxy's uh, mental and emotional state because she is an emotionally unstable person and the kind of person who would for sure reveal your murder plot to the cops. Um, so I'm gonna kind of clue the listeners in on what happens with her character as time goes on here a little bit. Um, when the movie starts, we sort of feel like, uh, like I said before, Foxy is to Courtney what Karen is to Regina and Mean Girls. Like she's kind of the stupid one who everyone just kind of laughs at, but you know she's cute and you know she's popular and whatever. Uh, when they find Liz's body, she is the most emotionally wrecked by it. Like she's having a hard fucking time. Like she's really struggling in that room. A few minutes later in the car, she's making jokes about Courtney now being a shoe in for prom queen. Uh, when they are first staging the crime scene, she has like a near breakdown because Liz's corpse like turns the head and looks at her. But then mm. a minute later, she is like gung-ho to tear the underwear off and like mess up the sheets and shit. Uh, she is too afraid to call the school to say Liz is sick but by the end of that school day she has no problem making jokes about Liz dying from sucking too many dicks like that was her her own independent joke she came up with hmm. she like she swings back and forth from being like a nervous wreck to being almost as evil as Courtney the entire time uh, what did we all think of the way that this whole character was kind of played here
1: no she um she needs someone to model herself after someone to follow. And when they, when she walks in and they see, or sorry, when they open the trunk and uh, they see that Liz is dead, she's like, (gasps) she was my my leader. What's, what's, what's going on? What's happening. Um, And as soon as someone else asserts themselves to the role, she kind of falls back in and and is able to live normally. Um, And just kind of move on and, everything becomes com- it becomes completely normal yeah she and uh her dad uh, jeff conaway talks about being a follower yeah and in that part i'm like yeah and, and hers uh, it's a Wait,
3: it's didn't a kind of follow- Karen,
2: didn't Karen's parents have the same conversation or maybe it was a different I movie i think so
3: i think they did have a talk about her like being too much of a follower to regina didn't they
0: did they mm. i don't remember that I
3: I don't know if it
2: was that movie. It was like a different movie, but
0: there was definitely
2: like a follower conversation.
0: Um, I think the thing that's interesting about Julie Benz is she goes on to star in Dexter season one and she falls in love with a serial killer. So I I think uh, Foxy grows up to marry (laughs) Dexter.
3: I mean, it certainly could be the case Uh, because she's... and she plays the role well, like I, I believe her emotions, but it's just like, if I'm Courtney, I'm like, well, we need to get this weak link up out of here now because she's gonna spill the beans. Like she's not capable of carrying this for more than 15 minutes of falling completely apart. Like when she's talking to uh, the detective, like she is openly weeping the entire time, like cannot get her shit together. Courtney is ice cold. Cause again, she has no emotions. And Julie is kind of, like, sad and withdrawn. But, like, you get the impression. I think, I think um, Marcy is the one that's in there when she slams down the jawbreaker and she, like, jumps out of her chair and is, like, wailing. <laughs> She's not going to help you with this at all. She's going to fuck it up.
0: This is why, like, if you intentionally plan to murder someone, <laughs> tighten up your crew. Yes. If it happens accidentally, hey, maybe yeah. Foxy takes the fall.
3: Uh, Or you just murder Foxy. I mean, two men can keep a secret if one is dead. That's That's too much. I
0: just think we should Foxy
2: up for the fall. That's like scream level.
3: No, they all fall in line because they're
1: like, "Yep, uh, we'll get jawbreakers shoved down our throats if we if we talk to anybody or do anything." So yeah, we'll just uh, move on with our lives, laugh, do everything, so on and so forth, as as normal.
3: We've talked a little bit about some of the looks in this movie, but I think we need to take a moment and kind of go over some of these wild fucking fashion choices here with some frosted tips and butterfly clips. Uh, Dana, you want to get us started here? What look caught your eye this week?
0: So, our girl Julie who um, I would have appreciated more of a back and forth with her and Courtney before she just up and leaves the thing and falls in love with drama Drama kid fucking...
3: Zach. Zach, Zach
0: driving guy.
3: Uh, he kind of looked like Skeet Ulrich to me a for a little bit. Yeah. Poor man Skeet.
0: No. Because Skeet <laughs> is a poor man's Johnny Depp. So, Truth no, thank you. Facts. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Julie wears uh, in the very opening of the movie, and like you think it's not that intense of an outfit. It's like a very weird, I think it's like a sweater... Uh, skinny sleeved bandeau situation that is maybe blue with like lime green and like a weird stripe across her like waist but the skirt she's wearing I'm damn sure is like fucking blue latex and like (laughs) I like was very distracted by what Rose McGowan was wearing throughout much of the beginning of the movie but then like they're trying to carry dead Liz Purr and I'm like "Is is is she latex and it is. It's this really wild. I don't know how she moved, but yeah. So it's it's definitely Julie. And what looks from the waist up, like if you put a cardigan over that, you could wear that in a professional so cool setting. Yeah. But yeah. from the waist down, it is. I um, use my body for sex, which is fun. Mm-hmm. You do what you have to do.
3: you Make a living. Yeah.
0: And feed your family and yourself. But the combo is very unsettling. It's scarring. So truly. That's the outfit.
3: Uh, Dave, how about you?
1: I'm a Fern Mayo fan. Oh, sure. Um, not Violet. Original Fern. Fern. Mayo. Original Fern. Um, the big sweater. Um,
3: <laughs> the big everything. Some
1: kind of weird patterned, patterned shirt underneath it. The pale paint, obviously. Yeah. Yep. Um, the uh, darker hair. I think when she's delivering the Trying to deliver the homework to the house. She's wearing some kind of like wool, like some kind of thick, long skirt, maybe.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: There there's another part where she's wearing these weird long baggy pants when she drops with books. Um felt kind of bad for him. Like you should just wear your backpack all the time, or else you're gonna keep dropping those books. You seem pretty clumsy. Um it, it's just make yourself it's like when I was talking about in the early nineties, there was too much material. There was like yeah. a surplus. Oh yeah. Is, <laughs> a fabric I, think, surplus. I, I think the surplus stretched well into the nineties. Um, there was a lot going on there and she's wearing these like earth tone, dark colors that blend into like the walls of the school. And she's yeah. walking down the sidewalk blends into the grass and everything. While everyone else who's like the main focal point of the movie who you're supposed to pay attention to is wearing like bright pink. Bright yellow. These are the people you're supposed to to, to to pay attention to. The person you're not supposed to remember exists in a few minutes. When she turns into violet, is going to be wearing. She'll be wearing bright pink soon, but uh, you're not supposed to know who she is or anything like that. You know, just a little. She's low.
2: literally in camouflage,
1: yeah. like school camouflage. Yeah. She's in in the thought background
3: so. camouflage.
1: Yeah, just uh, you put some rouge on, a little bleach, and YouTube <laughs> oh, can be on. popular. <laughs> you can be a little. Literally, you
0: can like, be
3: popular oh God. too.
0: She's in with a dead on campus, guys.
1: Yes.
3: Right. Yes. Earth tones and too big. Yeah. Everything. Uh,
1: have... But this is West Coast. Courtroom. It's supposed to be California, right? And she's so wearing these dark...
3: <laughs> yeah, it's... I don't, um, I don't know. Big Sis, you're up next.
2: Yeah. So I picked, <laughs> I picked this outfit again. And I actually... Um, Crooks, you reminded me that I picked it the first time we did this mm-hmm. episode... Apparently it's just very striking to me. Um, It's it's one of Rose McGowan's looks, kind of later in the film. She wears this blue sweater turtleneck situation that it looks like it may have like a a lining under it, but it's truly just like her skin. Mm -hmm. It's like see-through, essentially. Um, But she's wearing, it's like skin tight, and then she's wearing a bright red shirt, which light, like pale blue and red, I'm not a fan. Don't
3: do that.
2: Red tights. And then her hair at this moment is like these thick like tendrils mm-hmm. that are coming out and Hard. it's like very slicked back and it looks like it hasn't been like maybe they were filming so much in such a short time. Like she didn't have time to shower in a few days is is what it looked like.
3: Yeah. Um, a, it's a not sexy. A turtleneck sweater tank top is a, 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 a complicated garment um i, I work at a, a a t-shirt company and we have what we call uh, elevated silhouettes like um like a regular t-shirt's one thing put a pocket on that thing it's an elevated silhouette like that's an elevated fucking garment you put a sweater argyle it make the argyle part see-through sheer fabric cut the sleeves off add those sleeves onto the neck fabric like it's you're doing too fucking much with this goddamn thing
2: like how do you wear like are you're not gonna be
3: warm. You're not gonna be anything. And you're gonna
2: be too hot wearing in the summer. I don't, I just don't understand. You're gonna be
3: uncomfortable is the only thing with that. It's, it's not made for anything. Um, my look is uh, Violette has an outfit that she wears when they have like their big bathroom confrontation where she kind of overtakes Courtney. Um, we should set the stage here. Violette only wears hot pink. Like the only color we see her in once she goes to the transformation is like magenta hot pink shit. Um, this particular outfit is ridiculous. Uh, it's a matching jacket and stretch pants, um, magenta, both bedazzled in rhinestones, which yeah, I'm not sure we're trying to prove there. On its own, that's kind of a weird look, um, but it's not crazy. What does it for me is that she's also wearing a pink crop top wife beater with bitch written across the chest in black script. Um, no way you can wear this to school. You cannot wear this in school. It like, when I say a crop top, it's not like a baby tee. It's basically like the, the tank top that Gwen Stefani wears in the "Holla Girl video. Like it's cut like right underneath her bust line. It's basically a sports bra. You're wearing like a, 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 a ribbed cotton sports bra with bitch across the chest. I, uh, it's it's insane looking. Like it's just insane looking.
0: Like I honestly in this moment thought like maybe it's like a callback to like it's definitely not Sandy in Greece One, but I thought maybe it was like Michelle Pfeiffer in Greece Two. Could have been. But like it's not. It's
3: it's it's turned all the way up.
0: Yeah, um, it's a lot.
3: Yeah. Now um we did talk a little bit um about kind of the The tone that the movie set with some of the music here. Um, We're gonna do a really quick mic check. Mic check one two
1: one two. Mic check one two.
3: Microphone check one two. Uh, In this case, it's not like a movie where the soundtrack is just like full of timeless bangers. Um, The songs that they did choose are pretty unexpected. You know, we said earlier, you could have done this with like, you know, the pop songs of the day, but instead they went very heavy on like female driven garage punk music. Um, These are songs that weren't getting like a whole lot of radio play or rotation in TV or anything, but they felt very suited for the tone of this movie. Um, The movie starts off, uh, the opening credits, one of my all time favorite songs, uh, Volcano Girls by Veruca Salt. Mm -hmm. I love Veruca Salt. And I love this particular song. You could not have done better for a song like set the tone of this movie other than like maybe FTK by Vagiant. But I don't think that was out yet when this movie was released. Um, They also play Heartbreaker by Pat Benatar. uh, When Violet starts her like overtake of Courtney, um, which again, you know, perfect for the moment. Uh, rock you like a hurricane by the scorpions while Marilyn Manson is doing what he's doing to Rose McGowan, which on the nose, but I mean, it, it fits pretty well. Um, we mentioned the Donna's uh, they play the high school prom. Um, the song that they play in the movie is rock and roll machine. I really wish they would have played skin tight. Like if you yeah. guys haven't heard skin tight by the Donna's, <laughs> Ooh, that is a banger of this era. Skin tight, baby, all right. Skin tight, baby, all right. And there was one other song um, that I wanted to point out uh, just because of the video for this song. The song is called You Who by Imperial yeah. Teen. Hi.
1: Wow. Hi, Nana. you have but, thoughts? No, It also it's like
0: famous. it's the song that like soundtracks mm-hmm. them doing that like four cool girls yeah. across Multiple the hall times. walk. Yeah. Like, if someone could give us a mashup cut of all the times the popular <laughs> cool girls of the movies we talk about walk down the main hall, uh-huh. it happens all the time. But, yeah, I was like, yeah. they play it twice.
3: Yeah, yes,
2: And
0: you never see that in real
2: life. Like, I'm like, there, there's too many people in the halls. Yes. Like, that doesn't happen in real life.
3: The, it's I, a clusterfuck. I, I still think the best movie to show, like, what high school hallways are really like that we've done so far is um, Save the Last Dance. That hallway is mm-hmm. chaos. There's people yeah. like bumping into each other. You, there's a million people. Like that's what our hallways were like. It was so bad. I think our senior year of high school that we had one stairway to go up and one to go down because you could not have like two-way traffic on the same stairway at that point because yes. it was like... it was. Yeah. So
1: you put, put 2,800 people in a building and right. see what happens on a daily yeah. Yeah. basis. Yeah.
0: See, our high school was, were you guys yeah. part like a new high school and they still didn't? It was like... Yeah. it was brand
1: new <laughs> it, it it was pretty new it was I like, full I think, fast i want to say it was we like the, six or seven years old
3: by, by the time 90, we were in it our, our we first, were the first year,
1: yeah we went we were the first, the first class to go
3: all four, go four years all the way through yeah it was wow. um, okay it was open for three years my freshman year my brother was there sophomore junior and senior year so 96 like year, freshman, through senior and yeah. sure it was new, but and like, not full fast
2: but i i had gym first period
3: Oh, that's because fucked up.
2: I think, no, but thank God, it was up. advanced dance, and I would oh, never right. have I would never have to be on time because I was always yeah. late. Um, so I had gym first period, and then I had to go all the way across the the school for like math, which was like way in the other side of the thing, or like choir or something. Mm-hmm. Literally, I had to go outside of the building because there was no way for me to get there in mm-hmm. time, and they would close like the... They would like supposedly lock the doors like in the winter time, and I'm like, if I don't go outside, like there is no way in hell I could possibly, without sprinting, make it to this other class. Those
3: Mm -hmm. hallways were not, and so yeah, the the scene of them like walking side by side down an abandoned hallway, like that's not a thing that ever happened. Um, But this song, uh, YooHoo, it's a weird (laughs) fucking song. the 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 singer of this band is making some choices he sounds kind of like um he sounds kind of like perry for uh perry farrell from um uh porno for pyros and jane's addiction he has a very nasally voice that he's putting on here um the song itself is kind of whatever it's fine the riff is okay uh but the video needs to be seen i will post a link to it oh god the video was made for the movie Right, So it starts off with like the same shot of a spinning jawbreaker and kind of a black void. Rose McGowan is in the video. Um, she ties up and attempts to murder the members of the band mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and then the lead singer like breaks out of being tied up and they wind up killing her instead. But like yeah. There's there's so many weird fucking things that are happening. There's one the band is two guys and two girls. There's a woman in the band who there's multiple shots of her just like panting like a dog in this video because they kind of have that vocal sampled and like looped throughout the video, throughout the song. Um it's just it's it's fucking weird. There's a whole part where they play like suck and blow with a jawbreaker where like one of them puts a jawbreaker in their mouth and they pass it back and forth spreading COVID everywhere I would assume. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't
2: make any sense. That it's, would be so isn't. heavy.
3: Yes. And it I mean, it It looks like I, I don't know if they're really doing it. They're really making out. I don't know if they're really passing a jawbreaker because there'd be slobber I think everywhere. But if not, it's a pretty clever camera trick that they're pulling off here with this going back and forth. Um, Rose McGowan is in costume. She's dressed up as Courtney Shane in the video. Like it is it is something to be seen. It's from that era where, like, music videos are still a very big deal. So, I they did a lot for this video. Yeah.
0: Um, can we also like talk about like? Did you guys actually eat Jawbreakers as kids? Fuck
3: no! No Wait, how? Think...
0: No, I no. I, don't,
2: I don't even. I was understand. a
1: Gobstopper guy, never a Jawbreaker guy.
0: Wait, so like,
2: okay, the little
1: ones that if, no. if you swallowed it, I don't, you don't think don't we bite, were like
0: allowed to.
1: You no. can't.
0: Stop. This is. Y'all like didn't grow up in like towns that had like good little like corner candy stores, so
3: we had we by the way up, yes
2: we did
0: we, we had, had by the
2: way. no we had neighbor nuts neighbor nuts and sweets it's the best candy store of all time. Naper, okay,
1: also, South South I never went there Ba oh, the way. Yeah. Go to the I mall and get some candy at Ba the way.
0: <sighs> I'm just gonna say jawbreakers if you like actually grew up eating them are not these giant fist sized things. They're like little balls, they're like no, gumballs. They have
3: they have two different kinds. Cuz mm-hmm. I I have seen the the full on like grapefruit sized jawbreaker. I don't those know. Those weren't like a thing
0: until after this movie. I, I think more tell you. Before this. I
3: think like the 50s and 60s had the gigantic jawbreaker. No, they didn't. They did. That's, That's
2: why this whole thing is like in the
3: 50s. When they when they showed the scene of those little kids being gross on the playground getting jawbreaker slobber all over everything. They were That's
1: not like a real thing. No. Like,
3: When they were shoving that in her mouth
1: at at the beginning, I I was looking at them like, Jesus, are they putting a bath bomb down her throat? What's going on? Because that's the size. Like, I know that a bath bomb is that big. Something you just put in the bath and then sizzle, sizzle, sizzle. I personally never experienced a jawbreaker that big before.
2: This is all new to me.
1: 1976
2: in the UK, these giant jawbreakers came to life.
3: i'm telling you right now look at hold on if you go to nuts.com they currently are selling the large psychedelic jawbreaker but that's like not the actual thing
0: like i grew up in like
3: esquire (laughs) we
0: used to go to (laughs) my grandparents house who like lived on like the shore and you could go to this little candy store and for like 25 cents you can get jawbreakers and you do you literally think my parents let me buy these things that could suffocate me no they were like Little gumball-sized things that were like hard as fucking rock If you
3: if you ever had the little ones, that's normal. I grew up watching a cartoon called Ed, Ed and Eddie. On that show, they have jawbreakers. I'm going to post an image of that too. They have the kind that takes up your whole fucking head. That's it's a real thing, thing, Dana. There's two different kinds.
0: No, that is not real. It's it's, not
3: real. I'll tell you. It's like (laughs) trying to put your mouth around a bowling ball. ball. Yeah what
0: the fuck those are not Jesus the movies i grew up with and no, i was always just I, like what are we doing in this film i did like
3: also have the kind that you had and like i'm, I'm familiar with both because that's very similar to a gobstopper it's like a white gobstopper basically the kind that you had they're hard yeah. as shit and they yeah it takes forever the gigantic comically oversized jawbreaker is a thing i don't know who it was for but it was a thing once upon a time
0: now I need to go to Jersey and I need to hit up the corner store not far from my grandparents' house and just buy Gotta some do it. fucking job get some breakers.
3: saltwater taffy,
1: gobstoppers, jawbreakers. Oh, I love, yeah. mm, I I love some, me some um, taffy.
3: One, one more quick segment here because this movie, I think, was very, I'm not going to say very well-written, but there's some quotable lines in here, so I think it's time to get into some potent quotables. What did you say? There's one in the very beginning of the movie that I want to talk about because it, it caught my ear the first time and uh, I liked it again this time around. It's a Judy Greer line. She's doing voiceover to kind of set the scene and she's talking about the Flawless Four um, who are the, you know, the, the cool girls in the, in the movie and her line is, you know them, they go to your school too. And I'm like, all right, we are, I think in a movie theater full of like teenage kids that's a line that I think would resonate with a lot of kids. Popular kids. I'm not sure if it's a thing anymore. Like popular kids being popular. Like I'm not in high school, but I, we had our version of this at our high school. I would have known who they were talking about right away. Um, they didn't dress like this, but we had cool really? kids, popular girls. Yes. Really? We had an in crowd. Megan, confirm?
2: Uh, they were like a, they were like a
1: couple.
3: Yeah. There were a couple Which, in this movie. There yeah. weren't 70 of them, but there were like there, four.
1: There were people who were better better than you,
3: better yes. than me, better we than had, everybody. We had a, sure. an echelon yeah. of girls and a couple of guys who were kind of untouchable to the underlings like myself at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. there's, there's a couple others that we haven't talked about Miss Sherwood at all. I don't think we have really time to dig into her character. Um, <laughs> there's two lines that she gives kind of back to back that I loved. Um, She's in the bathroom with the girls. I think there is like lingering around in there after having murdered their friend, trying to find out what to do. And she walks in, she goes, hello girls, having a smoke, a toke, some dope. <laughs> There's no loitering in the girl's room. Yeah. As they leave, because uh, Courtney is dressed inappropriately for school as always, Miss Sherwood says, please cover your bosoms. This is a learning institution, not a brothel. Yeah. All right. That is
2: that is one of my favorite parts of the movie.
3: Yeah. Carol okay. Kane's pretty great. Like Carol Kane is great and everything. She's very
0: sure. good. Yeah. Unbreakable. Kimmy Schmidt. If y'all yep. have not watched every minute of that,
3: yeah, Do you God. love, Damn it, damn it. <laughs> it's a miracle. It's a miracle. Uh, what other lines did you guys want to talk about? Don't go. Don't come. Yeah. Don't go. Don't come. Oh my! The God. only reason to have that scene of her seducing poor, sad sack, dumbass Dane.
2: <laughs> I um, I this is interesting, well, not interesting, but just well, sets the stage for who these these people
3: are. We just don't eat in public. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. explaining like Fern had like a tuna fish sandwich at lunch. I guess at this point she's Violet, and we get a whole uh, monologue about how they don't eat food at lunch ever. It's it's wild.
0: Also, I only ate like three things for lunch for most of my life. So my mom made my Let's lunch see. every day.
1: And see, apple, um, turkey <laughs> sandwich,
0: <them>.
1: and
0: <laughs>
1: celery sticks. No, nope.
0: I ate That's three sandwiches <laughs> okay. for most sandwiches. of my life. Three yes. fish toasted oh. on wheat bread.
1: Oh, that sounds good.
0: Ham and cheese on a hard roll, on a sesame seed hard roll, potato <laughs> chips, mm. and mm. salami and cheese on a Martin's potato roll.
3: Uh, Salami cheese. Uh, uh, I get down yeah. with salami and cheese. Nothing wrong with that's that. That's the
0: one. Those are the three I, sam- Those like my- that's all my mom could make for me for, like decades. I like yeah. carried a lunchbox through most of high school. Actually, not most. All of high school. Yeah. Again, guys. I had I don't to know make. Why you're surprised that I'm? I like. I had it. to
2: make my own lunch since I was in second grade. Uh-huh. So in high school, I would just buy whatever I could get for a dollar, which is either fries or like four cookies.
3: Well, I. I so- those First like super all, soft cookies. The image of a seven year old, big girl in lunch is fucking hilarious to me.
2: Oh, <laughs> but it is exactly, you know, exactly it happened That's with great. my mother.
3: And then, number two, um, talking about our lunches back in the day, uh, I used to celebrate like nobody's business, Wildcat Burger Wednesday. Um, our high school had like the fake soy meat burgers um, from Monday. Oh, they
1: were meat, just they weren't. All I'm beef. not sure what that was.
3: They they were they were they were edible, but they weren't great. And then on Wednesdays was Wildcat Burger Wednesday, because we were the Wildcats. It was a real beef patty. Um, it was kind of yeah. thick. You can get I think they had like sauteed onions you can get on it if you wanted. I never got no, those. Oh really? But they also had tater tots that came with that shit. I put the tater tots on the burger. It had bacon too. It was like a, like a legit burger that we had, like a bacon okay. burger with cheese on it and shit. Mm. And yeah, that was that was my shit back in the day. Chicken
2: Nugget Day was the day that I would
3: eat. I think that was Thursdays. Yeah, nuggets
1: were also. They, used, fucking to, dope. they used to do a, a McRib. They did the Rib Day. Witch. That was yeah the
0: Ribwich. Yeah.
2: Okay, for, but like, for
1: whatever reason, so I that, like, was, that tasted
3: pretty good.
0: I literally could good. not tell you what my high school cafeteria <laughs> served for food because yep. I did not eat it for four because years. Our
3: our cafeteria was pretty legit.
0: No, yeah, I think ours but, was too. We got a new one like my sophomore year but couldn't I tell you because i brought a lunch box full of like gushers and sandwiches and uh, all these snacks and i like passed them out to my friends my mom was like did everybody enjoy the treats we passed oh out oh my today? god
2: oh my god no, my L- let god. me just say my lunch hour was either fourth period or seventh period fourth period is ten twenty-five. <laughs> like nobody's hungry no. what? We, no we just rush. ate breakfast and I actually didn't eat breakfast but I just had my diet Coke um, and then and then seventh period was like what like one
3: it's like 150
2: 150 <laughs> we don't, we don't after we periods. had been at school since 725 and yeah. probably earlier for dance practice and so at that point I'm like I'm not even hungry anymore. That's I was pretty. like starving That's to death like three hours <laughs> earlier.
0: Wait, you couldn't buy a bagel at school? Like the senior class sold bagels.
2: You weren't like allowed to eat
3: in class. You couldn't eat during class. What? You had option. Option. We, was had, go to lunch we had
1: some crumb like issues. The, we, were, we were leaving crumbs everywhere. Like so they, they were afraid of abs. Illinois. Stop letting us eat.
0: Bananas. Yeah. They were afraid. We are I monsters.
1: Like, we are monstrous humans, yes. I'll be in to
0: School late, buy a bagel, eat it in homeroom, barely oh, no. get
3: to class on time. No, 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 no. Could not eat during class ever, ever, ever. Um. Now, one of the things that we do like to do uh, on this podcast totally is,
0: derailed this what? podcast.
3: It's fine. <laughs> You're drunk, lunch? it's okay. <laughs> we take a look at a minor character and see if this was um, the start of big things for them or kind of the peak of their whole career, so it is time for an IMDB deep dive. This week, we are uh, diving on Charlotte Ayana, who played Liz Purr. Um, oh, yeah. Should not be a side character. She's kind of the main character, but she has one line. Um, So she had a total of 25 credits. This is her eighth. Before this, she was in a few episodes of Weird Science, the TV show. Um, I vaguely recall that from USA. It came Mm -hmm. one after wrestling. Um, She was also in Beverly Hills 90210, then the Steve Harvey show. And so all those were in 96, like three back-to-back-to-back in 96 memorable shows. Uh, She played Hannah Mercury, in the secret world of Alex Mack, which was one of my favorite oh, I,
1: yeah. I don't recall that
3: character, but it sounds like yes. she would have been like the antagonist. <laughs> Hannah Mercury, that sounds like a bad person. Um, yeah. See, I don't remember her, but she was in that show. She was the female lead in the Ricky Martin video for She's All I Ever Had, which I kind of want to go back and watch that now. Yeah. Um, She's all I ever had. Oh that's yeah, a yeah. that's, that's yep. a good one. Uh-huh. Uh, She's she all... In- <laughs> <laughs> Things like an angel, folks. Uh, it's up here. Training. It's up here. She was in training. They don't remember her from being in that. But she was oh, in- yeah? She was in um, a movie called Kate and Leopold, which I only know mm. because of a joke in the criminally underappreciated Jonah Hill animated series Alan Gregory. Alan mm. Gregory was fucking hilarious. <laughs> it got like half a season before they canceled it, and there's a joke about Kate and Leopold. No, it's very good. Isn't
0: great. Meg Ryan in Kate and Leopold, or is that a different movie? No, yeah, she, she is. Be. I think that's her last film. I don't, oh. don't quote me on it but well, eh, you said pretty it pretty
3: close um yeah the, basically there's the, the character alan gregory's obsessed with another friend uh named uh joel zadak and um he's like well we'll hang out at school maybe watch kate leopold i don't know and he's like we're not gonna watch kate leopold that's, that's <laughs> uh, she was in one episode of entourage um she was in something called christmas in compton with Omar Gooding and the bishop Don Magic Juan. So I, I want to watch that. I <gasps> mean Kuba Gooding Jr.'s brother. Yeah. Omar Gooding from Omar Gooding. Stop. Was it Wild and Crazy Kids? He was in Wild yes. and Omar He was, Wild he was, and was in Wild and Crazy smart Kids. guy. He oh was a smart guy God. as well. Yep. Omar Gooding. Wild
0: and Crazy Kids. I fucking loved that show. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, that's that's a hell of a show. Um and then uh remember Donnie Jeffcoat? He was also in Wild and Crazy Kids. <laughs> Um, and then her last Mm -hmm. credit is, uh, rain from the stars in 2013. Don't know what that was, but she didn't really, I mean, she was in some shit, but it kind of feels like considering her role in this, she should have like springboarded to things and she kind of didn't. So,
2: but she didn't have her role in this. You can't, that's mean.
3: She's supposed to, it's, it's, it's a tough, I mean, it's weird. She's basically the MacGuffin of the movie. Like she's a prop. Um, now that does bring us to the end of our podcast, and just like the end of the school year, that means it's time to hand out some superlatives. Dane is most likely to still be wearing Cool Water in 2021. Zach, is I like,
2: love that. Everybody I love did that in smell.
3: Yes, I know that was. I used to love Love Spell. I wouldn't like it now. I'm sure it smells like grapefruit, <laughs> but at the time, I loved that shit. Uh, Zach is most likely to turn the murder of Liz Purr into a really unsuccessful off-off-off Broadway one-man show. Marcy is most likely to never stop wearing that foxy necklace. Julie is most likely to aggressively interrogate all of her daughter's friends to make sure there isn't a Courtney in the mix. I think this is going to scar her for life. Uh, Courtney is most likely to be the subject of a hit Netflix true crime miniseries. And Fern is most likely to catfish people by reverting to the Violet persona. So I, I, I would watch the, the Courtney Shane Netflix series.
0: I've watched Violet on fucking yeah,
3: Catfish. With yeah. the, oh, was it Niamh? Nave, Niamh, whatever. The, Niamh, Miss Brother. And uh, he has since replaced Max with Cammy, who's a lot better. She was Miss Teen USA back in the day. She's very funny. Max was kind of whack, but they have a good. I like. I like uh, Neve and Cami together. Um, so our next movie is some weird, weird shit. Um, like I said, we're doing back to back, so we've already seen this one. Ordinarily, it's a big like debut of what the movie's going to be. We don't talk about it ahead of time, but we had to for this one. Um, I can
2: be surprised. Uh-huh.
3: I don't know that you can. Uh- <laughs> I can. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. ready
0: i'm centering find find your surprise award-winning actress being the moment, right here in the moment
3: oh boy this is gonna be a mess we are time warping back to 1993 to watch a truly bizarre movie called my boyfriend's back Woo! well you did a good face we didn't make any noise and this is an I, audio medium i, I said fucking... say what
0: i was like 10 10 in wow. 1993 what is that um, movie I a love. love I back. love.
1: I love movies based on songs from the fifties and sixties.
0: What 60s. could this be about?
1: Oddly
3: Boyfriend's enough, that song was never played in a movie. Um,
1: right? I this, know. This, it's an expensive. No, that. Right? <laughs> I, I think. I think it's a Phil Spector produced song, so it's expensive. Oh, wall of Sound. I think it's a Wall of Sound. Yep. Maybe. Yep. I could be wrong. R.I.P. Are we? Are nope. we nope. upset?
0: to no. Phil Spector's... Nope. No, he kills Rest people. Okay, he's
3: sorry. no nope. He sucks. Uh, this movie. Um, it's a lot like Idle Hands. It's like Idle Hands 0. 0.5.
2: 100%. <laughs> <Yay>! Yep. <Yeah>. So
3: <laughs> buckle up for that. Um, it's going to be a wild ride. Uh, guys, that does it for this week's episode. Um, if you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, the caricature competition is over, like I said, but feel free to keep those reviews coming just because you love us so much. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Recap and Gown Pod. That is R-E-C-A-P-N-G-O-W-N-P-O-D. Um, join our Facebook group, the Recap and Gown Fan Club. I'm going to be posting a lot of links and images from the stuff we talked about this week and there. And we kind of keep the discussion of the movie going all week. Uh, if you didn't like what you heard in the immortal words of Courtney, I know you. I know all about you. You're the one in the corner at the dances the geeks won't dance with because they're at home fucking old pervs in cyberspace thinking it's some hot babe. There's nothing to hide. You're nothing. We're everything. You're the shadow. We're the sun. Take it easy, millennials. We'll see you next week.